Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848, and a producer will contact you for your idea. What would you do if you noticed the needy from your street sitting in the pews of your church on Sunday? Would you welcome them? Love them? Feed them? St. Peter's Church in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada created an entire ministry to extend love and grace to those in their own community. That's on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legutte, and this is Action in Ministry. There's a common thread among large cities. Homelessness. The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development states that in 2018, there were as many as 553,000 people living in homelessness in the United States. Federal estimates for Canada reported between 200,000 and 300,000 people. And in Edmonton, thousands of people spend their nights on the streets or in shelters. And with homelessness comes a lot of needs. And as followers of Christ, we are moved to respond. Joining us today is Harold Niebergall. He's here to share with us what the Rock Outreach in Inner City Edmonton is doing to help. Harold, thanks so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Well, can you tell us what The Rock is? How did it begin? The Rock started about 23 years ago. Uh, A group of people got together. Uh, In fact, it was headed up by the minister of the day uh, when he looked out into the congregation and realized there was people there who were struggling uh, keeping awake, and he did their clothing. Everything indicated that they were in need. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, not only thought they should be doing something spiritually for those people, but should also do something for them physically. And that's kind of how the Breakfast Club got started. And so it was incorporated in, uh, I think it was in 96, and they started serving breakfast. Um, in fact, the first breakfast was served by three volunteers, and we had 12 guests out that day, mm-hmm. and we served coffee and toast. And that's how the program started. And the whole idea was not only trying to provide spiritual ministry, but also provide this other side that people need, and that's food to be able to exist. What is the city of Edmonton like? I'm, I'm, it strikes me that people wandered in from the streets to sit in the pews, and the pastor noticed it's a city that's developed over the years. We have uh, parts of it are very, very old, where our, the St. Peter's Lutheran Church was located and is still there as, as, a, as a church. Uh, we now rent it out to other people to use. Uh, but it's an inner city where we have areas that are considerably in a, almost like uh, 80, 90 years old, and then, of course, goes to the newer areas. So it's somewhere in the neighborhood of around 900,000 um, people, Known by most people as a blue-collar city, mm-hmm. um, but it's the largest city in northern Alberta, and so it attracts people from all over and, of course, attracts people who, uh, for whatever reason, may be struggling to keep things together and need support of organizations like night over places to sleep and people that provide food for them to eat. What's the spiritual climate like? Do a lot of people go to church, or is it 
um, a post-church uh, kind that of That I would find pretty hard to answer. I know in our church we have a pretty good attendance. We have three services. We do three... Uh, we have three ministers, but we're outside of Edmonton in a place called Sherwood Park. It's, mm-hmm. I would like to say bedroom, but it's not really. It's a sort of a, a town on its own, a city on its own. The main call to fame is oil and, and gas refinery and uh, chemical and petroleum products um, all around the whole the greater area of Edmonton. Basically, that's our main industry. Mm-hmm. We have farming and ranching and all those other things also. So in the when the Breakfast Club started in 1996 with three volunteers and 12 guests. Did you ever think that it would grow to what it is today? No, I don't <laughs> think they envisioned that at all. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, the pastor that started it up is um, still involved in ministry. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but some of our people from the board have. And hopefully one day we'll be able to sit down and talk to him about that very question. Uh-huh. But, um I think their whole idea was they saw a need and they wanted to provide it. At the same time they were doing that, they also started up a couple other programs. One of them is called Monday Night Kids, and the other one was a men's breakfast group. Mm-hmm. And that Monday Night Kids thing obviously is for kids in the neighborhood, and it's come and gone. It's, we started up and it dies and started up. And we've just restarted it um, this last um, I think it was on the uh, 16th of September, and we had 10 uh, young uh, kids come out with their parents, and it was just an amazing response from them. So we plan to continue that, and as of tomorrow morning, our men's group is starting up, and the whole idea there is is the missional side of the business. Mm -hmm. We do provide the kids with a meal. We have people that come out and prepare the food for them in our kitchen in the hall next to the church, and so the idea, again, was we're going to provide food for them, but the whole idea is that we want to reach them in a spiritual way if we possibly can. And it seems to be working. Is the Breakfast Club um, and other programs run by a board? Yes, our um, organization has a board of nine members. Uh, we are a society uh, that was incorporated way back when. Uh, the society now has owns the, um, the church and the hall and the manse uh, on that location with an empty lot beside it. And so we we are, have a, that board of nine that run it. We um, raise our own funds. We administer it all. It's all handled by our own board. But this is a pretty big project. It's not just run by the nine of you. You have a bunch of volunteers who come along with you oh, to serve, right? Boy, do we ever. <laughs> do we ever. We're very, very fortunate. Uh, we have a number of volunteers, um, and it can range anywhere from 10 on one particular morning to maybe 20. Oh, wow. But we probably run with about, uh, we do it three days a, a week, so we run with about 30 uh, volunteers. I like to call them now servants mm-hmm. uh, a week, and they come and go. They go. Uh, we have people that come in and just support us when we need them as extras, and then we have our regulars that come every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday. We have people ranging from late teens serving to one of the fellows that's on our Thursday group is a uh, a 90-year-old, and he washes dishes and loves doing it and appreciates what he's able to do. That's fantastic. I love hearing that intergenerational um, service opportunities. Well, if you have that many volunteers, how many people are you serving on a regular basis? Last year, in the year of 2018, we added it up to 46,000 breakfasts served in one year. 46,000 breakfasts in one year. On this past Tuesday, we did 414. Oh, my goodness. So it ranges anywhere from about 300 to 8,300, 
when it's um, after what we can call their payday, which is around the four four days before the month end, mm-hmm. they get their ACE checks or whatever, and then prior the week prior to that, it builds up to the four hundred. Yeah. So it's a variety, it ranges from anywhere from, as I say, three two hundred and eighty to four hundred and some. We do do a Christmas breakfast every year, just prior to Christmas, and at times we have served over the years we've served up to five hundred. Uh, people and that breakfast is hash browns, uh, scrambled eggs, ham, toast, coffee, and juice. Oh. Everybody looks forward to it. And the, the one other thing I'd like to mention: the people on the street, as we call them, our clients, our patrons, our guests, call us the Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. And one of the things they talk about is when they come to our place, they feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't push them hard. We don't force them to do anything. We ask them to uh, not to not be abusive with people. We ask them to, you know. Uh, do the things that normally you know, we all want to have them do, and that's have breakfast, and then if they want to talk to us, do so. And they've all been very good. Once in a while, we have a little bit of a problem, but uh, generally speaking, it just goes along. And they they think speak of us as a very safe place to be. How do you how do you get the food to feed that many people? Well, <laughs> we run a, a Thanksgiving bag uh, program every October. Uh, all the various churches, uh, Lutheran churches, plus a number of other churches support us. Uh, and then we also have some businesses that support us. We have a private people who provide us with food, and we also are members of the Edmonton Food Bank and the Sherwood Park Food mm-hmm. Banks. And so we collect things from them on a fairly regular basis. They help us out immensely. And when that doesn't work, uh, we go out and buy from We have an arrangement with a couple of the um, wholesale food stores in town and uh, we work out deals with them that they can we can go and buy things that we run short of i wonder what types of food donations are your favorite type of donations to get well the thing that we need the most is powdered milk mm-hmm. and uh, we need uh, syrup peanut butter and uh, of course eggs and uh, uh, pancake batter and uh, juice uh, the one that we need the most is powdered milk. Uh, it's fairly expensive up here in Canada, and uh, it's um, one thing that we really struggle with from time to time. But uh, if food bank helps us out a lot, and then we get a lot of donations from private individuals, from the churches, support us as much as they possibly can, as well as a number of businesses in town support us. We do get a lot of help from individuals. It's amazing. They'll walk, come into the building and bring in two or three bags of this or a box of that. How do you get the word out to people that you're having the breakfast? Is that a struggle or is it kind of by word of mouth? Most of it's by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. We do have signing on the building outside the building that we serve breakfast on three days a week from 7 to 9. But uh, we've been doing it now for so long that um, the word on the street uh, is amazing how it gets around. We use... Uh, all the newsletters in the various churches, and uh, we have our own newsletter that we send out to people. But um, word of mouth is probably our big main thrust. And people say that this is a safe environment for them to be in. Have you noticed that um, over time you've had some regulars who attend? Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. One chap called Elvis comes as regulars can be. Uh, We had a fellow that uh, we haven't seen for the last two weeks, his name is uh, Felix, and he was he's 92 or going on 93 years old. Uh, he was as regular as could be. He'd be one of the very first people in through the door when we opened up, and he'd come up to the front. And the ladies that were there grew to love the man, and they would just quickly mm-hmm. jump in and help him with his 
porridge and toast, and he always took his porridge first, sat down and ate that, and then he'd come back and get a pancake or two pancakes, and so they would go and help him have us get his coffee and his juice, and uh, we're all a little bit concerned now because we haven't seen him for a couple of days, and he's become a real close member, and he talks to the ladies especially. He's just an amazing man, and until about two years ago, roughly, he was going out and still helping with some of his family. They run a plumbing business. Mm. And I'm not just sure. I don't have the whole story on that, but um, an amazing individual. I had an opportunity to talk to him from time to time and uh, about a life that he's led. We have lots of those. We have a lot of regulars. It's amazing how many that come. But I'll tell you, too, um, we obviously have a lot of new people coming in because our numbers are growing every year. Mm-hmm. That number I gave you of 46,000 is in 2014. It's been an increase of roughly 40%. Wow. It's been an amazing, you know, so we have to say thank you to all our people who support us in terms of donations, because without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. It's been a fantastic support system for us. As you get the opportunity to build relationships with the people who are attending, is there an openness to hear the gospel? Are you able to lean into taking care of, of the attendees spiritually as well? Yeah, the couple that come out, and now they've been doing it probably for about two years, uh, they're missionaries. They run a little, well, not a little, they run a fairly large radio station here in Edmonton, um, a gospel-type, religious-type news radio. And they come out, and they meet with the people and talk to them, either at the table or away from the table. And the whole idea is to talk to them about whatever concerns they might have. And, of course, uh, they then start to bring in Jesus into the conversation. And, yes, we are able to reach out to them spiritually, uh, and uh, it works. It uh, Sometimes they don't want to go there the first time or the second time, but then they will eventually come around. But uh, our main thrust has always been to provide them with the food that they need to exist, and then we try and make the spiritual thing work. And uh, it's it's this couple that I'm talking about who've done just an amazing job reaching out to people and have some stories to share with us from time to time that I can't remember now, but I would love to have them sometime share them with you because they're just an amazing couple. They just uh, they can reach people where I would really struggle to reach them, and they immediately offer to pray and with them, and the, most of them will say yes, please do, and so. Yeah, where we are reaching out, no, probably not where we would like to be, but we're certainly doing it as much as we possibly can. How have you seen these meals and this time together impact the lives of the people who are receiving them? Well, you know, as one fellow I mentioned, uh, he uh, has taken a real interest in us to make sure that things are working good. He knows that we are providing a service to the people that are in need. And so when he sees something that's not going quite right, he'll bring it to our attention. Mm -hmm. If he sees something that's maybe a little bit out of line, he will bring that to our attention. So he he supports us amazingly well. And there's another fellow that comes every morning. Very seldom will he sit down, but he comes in and he spends time in the front entrance of the hallway. He's gotten to know us really well. We've gotten to know him on a first-name basis. And he reads the little Bible that he has from time to time while he's sitting there, and then he talks to us about the things that are going on in the street. And he pays attention because yesterday he said to me, you got a lot of new people here, haven't you? <laughs> and I said, yes, we do, because that was the one day we had 19 people, involved, 19 servants, let me say it that uh-huh. way. 
there. So he's uh, paying attention, and they support us. When they see something not going quite right, they support us in the sense that they will even talk to the individual involved and say, we don't want any problems here because this is a safe place for us, Mm -hmm. and so don't go and create any kind of a situation that's difficult for us or anybody else around them. So we get lots of support from them. How has this project impacted the people who are serving? Well, I had a a relative with me um, come up from Calgary. She wanted to experience this rock because I've been talking to them about the rock for as long as, well, since I've been going. And uh, so she came up, and her comment afterwards was, amazing, awesome. She said, I have not ever seen anything like this happen in my years. of." And she does a lot of volunteer work in nursing homes. She plays the piano. She does a lot of um, bingos and um, craft things with the people in the nursing home. Mm-hmm. And one of her reasons was coming to come up was to see what a breakfast club was like because she might want to do that in her home. And she just couldn't get over how it's amazing that it was run, how the people are so supportive and they come over. She was doing cutlery, cleaning cutlery, and so they'd bring the dirty dishes over and she would say, thank you for doing that. And they said, no, 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 let me thank you for doing what you do. Mm-hmm. So it's an imp- impactful on a lot of people. And I'm just using her as an example because mm-hmm. that's one that's fresh on my mind. But I know there's other people there that I've talked to that just have really cranked it up in terms of the what they want to do to help people. What inspires you to keep going with the Breakfast Club? Well, I guess there's two things. One, I see a need. Mm-hmm. And two, it's a real, food, real good, feel-good feeling to be able to serve people, mm-hmm. going back to what the Bible tells us to do, what Jesus tells us to do, to be a servant out of the Bible that says, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm-hmm. And we try and live by that as much as we possibly can. Because of that, I try to keep going, and that's it, it, a feel-good situation for me. How would you encourage someone else to um, lean into the things that they're passionate about and let God use them to serve the people around them? What encouragement would you give? We talk about all the good things that happen there, uh, the fact that we're able to provide food for them so that they can get by. Uh, whenever possible, we talk to them about whatever concerns they have. And it's not always necessarily spiritual in nature. Uh, they may have some concerns about their home life. Uh, the one fellow I had dealt with uh, was having a real problem with his rental agency, and they wanted to raise the inc- his rent, and he couldn't do it. So we talked a little bit with him as to what we thought he might do or what he, who else he could bring into his relationship that would help him work something out with those people and some sort of compromise, because he was stressed. That morning when he came in, he, he was a different individual, so we finally talked to him and found out what was causing his grief, so to speak, and he shared it with us, and then one of our guys was able to say, you know, you could do this and you could do that, and he seemed to settle him down. He felt a lot better, and he left with that idea in mind, and I, I understand for he has managed to work out a deal. So. Mm. Well, Harold, what led you specifically into this ministry, and how has it impacted you in your life? I'm way more open about being a servant than I probably was prior to Mm -hmm. joining The Rock. I I talk much more freely with people about my beliefs, my faith. 
I talk a lot more freely about being a servant and doing what I do. And a lot of the people that I talk to, uh, when I go, I, I work part time at a golf course, so uh, the, I'm always away on Tuesdays. And so when I come back on Wednesday morning, the, I'll get questions like, "Well, how many did you do this morning? How many dishes did you wash? Or how many pancakes did you serve? Or how many people did you do this?" They've taken a real interest in what I do, and it's kind of rubbing off on some of them. And uh, and hopefully it'll continue to rub off on them. So there's a lot of little things that I look at. Um, it's affected me and it's helped me open up much more uh, spiritually than I probably did before. And I also have my very good good feeling or feeling good when I come away from there, having known that I've been able to help somebody out, maybe, maybe in just a little way, not only by providing food for them to have, but something by just smiling at them, acknowledging them, making them feel, you know, when they come in the door, shake their hand, or now we call the fist bump, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when they come in the door and welcome them and say good morning, and they, as they leave, we uh, wish them a good day and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's had a real good, has had a real effect on me, and I don't know whether I can truly explain to you the feeling. It's just that's my attempt at trying to do it. I don't know if it adds up or not, but... Mm. Well, Harold, I'm so glad that you took the time to share your story with us today. We're inspired by the work that you're doing, and um, I pray that your shelves will be filled with powdered milk. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. Thanks for having me. It's just amazing uh, that you people would contact us to do this. It's just, uh, we're so privileged to have you people help us out. Thanks so much. Matthew 25, verse 40. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. The people of St. Peter's Church saw the needs of the people in their community and found a way to serve them. Countless lives have been touched as that service continued on for decades. People like Elvis and Felix, who were once attendees, have grown to be family. Who is God placed in your midst? Who is God calling you to serve? Are there needs you can meet? That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action and Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea.